You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. How's it going, Sean? Pretty good. How you doing? I'm good. Vince Orlando, this is The Human Condition. Sean Davis. And as always, we we don't we don't save a lot of time for small talk. We'll uh, <laughs> we'll we'll delve right into um, this week's subject matter. Which honestly, this this is something that's been debated since the beginning of time, or or at least a con- construct in human mind since the beginning of time. The fact that, or the belief that this reality, the physical reality, is an illusion. It, it's illusory. Now, this goes all the way back to Sanskrit where the, the concept of the world is as you see it. So what we take in physically uh, from the physical realm and how we project that back out actually creates our physical universe. It's an interesting concept to me. And it it is the concept that pushed me into spirituality so I, I i i was without god and and I, again i don't know what that is but you know the 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 religious concept of god for a very long time in my life i didn't have a need for spirituality i was very selfish very egocentric in my motivations in life and i i didn't have a need or at least i didn't believe i did for this higher power and around the time that my son was born, uh, I felt this unconditional love, so it rattled me. I, did, I didn't know that that existed. If you would have told me, and people did tell me the concept of unconditional love, I laughed, said it's bullshit. Around that, the same time that my son was born, I was experimenting with a, a drug called ketamine. Uh, I'd read a, a medical book on psychedelic, the psychedelic uh, ketamine, ketamine psychedelic therapy. So I embarked on this and and that opened me up further to these emotions that were foreign to me. And for whatever reason, during this time, I got real interested in quantum physics. And I remember watching a documentary called, uh, it was What the Bleep Do We Know? And I learned about the double slit experiment. And the double slit experiment speaks on the duality of of, uh, subatomic particles. So particles exist either as well, predominantly as waves, and then once consciousness is brought in to observe these particles, which are really just quantum points in time and space, they collapse into a particle. And it just it sent me into this 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 whole different realm of thinking to where I'm like, okay, so how how are what's holding the physical universe that we see together? And I dug more and more and in and, and this in all actuality is what led me into spirituality because then I started understanding. I'm like, okay, so the things that that the mystics talked about, that Jesus talked about, that Buddha talked about, I'm like, there's science to it. And it 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 changed my entire life. And that's where the journey started for me into you know, spirituality. I don't believe it's it's too distant a relative of quantum physics because it's been proven that the material doesn't exist in the way that we believe. I mean, this goes back to Einstein, E equals MC squared. Well, we know that matter at a certain speed becomes energy. We know about the conservation of energy. Can't can't be created nor destroyed. Everything that you see and have within the the physical realm 
the energy is here to stay and it, it it's in this infinite loop of conversion between the physical and and the the uh the spiritual the the conscious so there's there's really only two worldviews that you can have one is consciousness first the other is material first uh, and i'm i'm stuck in the uh, consciousness first i i believe that i believe that what we see is illusory and there's science to back that. That's not to say that the experiences that we have don't feel real to us and that in the the, conf, the confinement of our five senses that what we experience is not real because it's very real to us, but no more real than the dream that we experience at night, which is very real to us in the moment also. And dreams in all actuality are made up of the same subatomic particles that our thoughts are, that our physical universe is. Everything comes from the same source. So that's how we'll start the show. What do you, that's how that's how we'll start the show. That this is, when you brought up the subject, I'm like, man, this is a. I contemplate it, you know, all I, the time. I've been listening to a lot of Terrence McKenna lately, Love that guy. and uh, you know, I've been listening to a lot of Dennis McKenna too. Um, There's another McKenna. Yeah, it's his brother. So. A long time ago, because I lived in Colorado, and uh, I was able to talk to Terrence McKenna quite a few times, and uh, I was very, I was a lot, I was 20, 21 years old when I started talking to him. He would come to Naropa in Boulder, Colorado a lot, and he did a lot of work there, and I just remember things, and I didn't understand it at the time. I kind of did. I kind of didn't. I was participating a lot in a lot of different psychedelic stuff. But that your reality is an illusion based on, he said media was the number one offender. Uh, television, the internet, where just they've, they've recognized that, you know, violence and sex to the mind subliminally triggers a lot of things so if i if i remove my culture you know um forget our identity for a moment forget that i'm from the west side forget the fact that my dad's half syrian half polish forget all ethnic labels that i've been labeled let's remove any form or title of religion, let's remove that I'm a member of AA, strip everything down to where you're just a spiritual being. To the I am. To the I am. Right. And operate from the I am, but you still got to unravel a lot of beliefs that were given to you by your parents and stuff. That's the human condition. So I unravel that stuff. I strip away all my titles and all my stuff, and I'm operating as just a spiritual being on the planet. I'm going to have a much different reality. The, the The reality that we're in is based on systems and programs. Right. It's the human way. Right. Start unplugging yourself from different systems and cut yourself off from all media whatsoever and just take your interactions with people on a day-to-day basis as what they are. It's 
a little interesting, isn't it? Well, it's it's necessary, and where my mind goes with this, it just goes further into, you know, we are light particles. Everything, everything is the the building blocks are all the same for everything, and so even our interactions as humans. Because human is it's it's it only exists here in the physical realm. But you're controlled. You're definitely controlled. Your reality is controlled. So when you step outside of that, and you can only do it for brief periods, that that's what transcendence is. So when you get into these transcendental states, whether it be through psychedelics, whether it be through peak experiences, whether it be through meditation, whatever the case is, when you get into these trans transcendental states. It is not – it is permanence because that's the truth. But while we exist in these frames and we are confined to the five senses, even the monk who has to, who meditates 10 hours a day, they still have to take a piss. They still have to take shit. They're still going to go to sleep. Right. They're still human functions. So I think even beyond that into you know where we are all one. And I know in a lot of new thought – and um, uh, new age stuff that that's thrown around a, a lot, but I really contemplate the fact that we are all one. Even if you think about the Big Bang, and in, in your scientific mind, you think that that is the source of all creation, the Big Bang. How could we not be all one? Even your language, the English language. Let's just say we'll take English. Is a control, right? Right. Because we all speak. the The, the world is full of different languages. Talking about a story about what happens if we were all at the Tower of Babel. That's also human. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> that at that of... time, at that time, in, in the biblical sense, uh, in that story, most people believe that we were, you know, um, telekinetic, you know, speaking with the mind. How could we not be? You know, we we did not need. And then we all speak a thousand different tongues. And now we're all divided, and now a control comes in. Thus, you know, if you all spoke one language, I mean, just think about how further ahead in the world we'd be if the whole world could communicate with each other. See that fluidly because we can, because that's at our core. That's what we are. So what's the point of the human condition then? If we come from that, right? If we are spiritual beings having a human experience, there's a point to this. So overcoming, I, I believe that getting to those transcendental states and then trying your best to implement that, this oneness into your daily life, that's, that's what the human condition is for. And then where we take that as souls back to whatever realm, whatever dimension there is, where we take that, I don't know what that is. But I believe that there's a purpose for our time here, and this is this is school for for whatever it is that whatever whatever we are, whatever this soul thing is, whatever this energy is. I don't know what that looks like once you get to the next place, but I know that there's a reason for this because when we talk about the sixth sense, well, that's more real than anything we have access to. You know that 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 innate sense that even a dog has. That they're and they've done these experiments. I think it was Rupert um, Rupert Sheldrake did an entire uh, book on dogs 
and how, you know, and this relates to science too, quantum physics, quantum entanglement, how they know an hour before the owner gets home that the owner's home. There's, there's, they measured the reactions in, in the molecular structure of these animals. To me, that's fascinating. And it just goes back to our oneness when, when you, you know, are you familiar with quantum entanglement? Not so, so much. So quantum entanglement in, in real layman's terms, it's once, once particles interact, they're, they're connected. Yeah. Once you separate, so you separate a proton and they've done this and they, they've tested it. And I think the longest they've ever tested it in distance was seven miles apart in different, in different labs. So you stimulate the one proton, the other one reacts exactly the same as if it's being stimulated also in the other lab because it's been entangled. Now, that goes against Einstein's light speed, which is the the constant in the universe, according to Einstein. That completely good because for these two particles to communicate in real time means that they're still connected regardless of this artificial distance that we perceive as human beings. They've never left each other. So, of course, I, I have a saying for my fanatically religious friends, and it's God doesn't speak English. So whatever you think God is, yeah. every, the, the entire universe <laughs> is frequency. That's it. That's the only – so while you're sitting there praying for more money, more money, what you're emoting to the universe is I don't have, I don't have, lack, lack, lack. You're going to get lack. You're going to continue to get lack. It's going to manifest in different ways until you learn how to be grateful and gravitate beyond that lack. But you're saying these words that make absolute sense to you. I'm saying what I want. Why am I not getting what I want? Well, because what you're emoting to the universe, to God, whatever you want to call that, is that you don't have. So you're going to continue to not have. Because the truth is, reality is an illusion, and God don't speak English. You got to got to get in tune with that tel- tel- telepathic, um, that sixth sense, that that part of you that that the powers that be would call uh what what would they call it um paranormal <laughs> paranormal uh bullshit you know whatever they want spooky einstein so, even uh what do you, what did he call it uh spooky action at a distance look at facebook you know facebook is a good judge of uh different realities i'd say uh, you know when i Look at Facebook. I see most human beings more interested in taking a picture of the moment than actually enjoying the moment. It's quite common. So I'd rather take a picture of the experience that I'm supposed to be experiencing, but my ego is like, I need a motherfucking selfie so I can show on Facebook, uh, all my friends, this experience that I'm not even actually being a part of because I'm taking a fucking photo. That's your reality. And I, I, I just think human beings in today's time, everyone is just so overthinking their reality. And it's all driven by material. It's all driven by wow. what I don't got. How much can I spend? Can I get the new fucking Yukon? Can, can I 
can I dress up this garbage can? Because there's nothing really inside when someone spends all their focus and their money on projecting a reality that is completely false. Well, that's the sleeping state. I wouldn't call that overthinking. I would call that robotic. You know, that, and that's how we're conditioned. Systematic. Yeah, and that's programmed. What, it, it is programmed. To consume as much as fucking humanly possible so I can... Let's take a picture, Vince. You know? There's some value to that. Some. When it... It's like any other addiction. When it overrides you, when yeah. it overrides you and it takes you, like you said, out of the experience, well, what's the point? How many likes did I get, yeah, Vince? What's, what's, what's How the many point? people commented, Vince? I need that. I need that. I need, And, you know, and it's bad for kids. You know, it's really bad for kids. I, I try my best, maybe not hard enough, but I, I put limits on their tablets. and My reality isn't going so good because I didn't get enough likes. Right. Your, your reality is credit. <laughs> your self-worth is now in, you know, I don't want to get into that, that, to that too much because it is, it is an epidemic, but it's predicated on your, I mean, I guess call, just call them likes, but it, it's really your, your self-worth is based on people you don't even know pressing a button and giving value to who you are as a human being how do you how are you if i was a kid growing up right now i would say fuck off with that of course we get likes you know what i mean i remember being a kid and i remember hearing things from my stepdad who's a very spiritual man and uh i remember hearing things from him and i'm like it's complete horse shit no i gotta go out there and i gotta get money and he i remember him telling me really i was just insecure and poor so that became my function it'll always become that you know so i so I didn't want to hear shit of what, but now, I, but now I know that what he was saying was true, was absolutely true. So I, I know that when I tell my kids, well, you know, and I know that I can't expect them to believe what I say that that's not going to matter in twenty years. How many times did you hear that when you were a kid? No, it matters now. So again, being confined to the five senses is it's a sort of prison, but it's only if you stay stuck. You know, when we talk about reality being illusory, which it is, there's still an experience to be had. And that's what dual duality is. That's that's what we spoke about in the first episode. It's that just inherently by being human, you're there's a dualistic nature to you if you believe in the consciousness first uh, model, which which I do. Yeah, I, th- I think consciousness, the conscious interaction, and I think quantum physics proves that beyond a shadow of a doubt now, but conscious interaction is what, I don't know if there's a conscious designer, I maybe, maybe not, There's Th- doesn't matter to me, but. Check this shit out. So uh, one of the clinicians at work was like, man, go to court with this dude. You know, he's doing great. Uh, you know, we just want to make sure that uh, he comes back. You know, because it was like a show cause for a probation violation, which the the guy had just been kicking major ass in the in in the group in the in the treatment program. So I go down there, and uh, I'm habitually early for everything. It's just the way it, I'm 
programmed by my father. Um, so I get down there and I hear these attorneys talking about different matrices. Hmm. So they have different matrices yeah. depending on crimes that you've committed or let's not say crimes you've been committed, uh, charges. So you've been you're charged with 50 grams of cocaine or under drug possession. So in this matrix that they have laid out, and they call it a matrix. They call it a matrix, and they have many of them. They implement certain things into this matrix. Uh, race, uh, where you're from, zip code, um, age, whether you're single, married, whatever. And there's a point system that's added to all these things to calculate where you fit in this matrix. So in case you get convicted, this is where your sentencing guidelines are. And it's not really, it's, it's, it's based on some fucked up shit. Like, don't ever allow me in, in a courtroom early and start listening to lawyers because I was just so surprised at this because they're all prosecutors. And I'm like, how is that? Like, here we are, more systems and matrices, matrices that are defining who we are, what we are, by a point system that is supposed to what? But they don't define who we are. We That's part of the programming is they make us believe that we're that. But it's going to determine my reality. That point system will determine my reality. It, it can. It will determine whether I go to jail or whether I get probation or whether I just get a fine. Mm-hmm. So I have a large issue with all of this. Huge. I think everybody on the planet who has a brain does. The system, the system that's used to control the masses, it, it's it's flawed, and always has been. I'm always missing my yes, mic, man. My, I'm always missing step my up mic. to the mic, Vince. <laughs> um, <laughs> but but that's how the system's designed. So when you talk about things like television and the media, I don't think there's maybe there is a grand conspiracy. Maybe there is this this Illuminati organization. Maybe maybe there is. I don't care. It doesn't matter to me one way or the other. I I see it for what it is, and I know that it's part of the programming. I think the advent of all of these things, of all of these systems, is human nature. You want to control things. You want the least path of resistance. I believe that's human nature. Do I think it's gotten out of control? Is smart and technologically as advanced as we are, yes, it's it's completely out of control, and those those the matrix is going to get worse because AI is what's next, and all a computer can do is calculate according to a matrix. That's all it can do. It can't do anything else. And we're putting so much stock into these machines. We're already a cy- cyborg. I mean, Elon Musk said it best. He's, he's like, we're already cyborgs. It's just that our, our data, our ability to, uh, to transmit data back and forth is slow because all we got is our thumbs and our fingers. So you went up north lately. I did. Tell me when you went out on the lake with your kids, you left the phone and the cabin. Absolutely not. You took it with you? Oh, yeah. 
I didn't work, but I was. I want pictures. I want pictures. We'll have memories, but I want pictures. See, I'm all. I've been leaving the car, the phone alone a lot lately, because um, the memories will be in here. Do you ever go through old pictures? Me, I lost all my old stuff. So when I when I first moved back from L.A., everything that I had from childhood, because it was all hard copy then, wasn't digital. Did I you, lost everything. It's in here, and it's in here. Sometimes you want to share that stuff with your kids. You want to share some awards. You want to you, you want to look like it, it, there's overkill with the selfies and all that bullshit. But then there's memories yeah. that you want to keep forever. And most, in all honesty, most of the pictures I take. They, there's the the handful that I, I'll post, you know, and it's mainly with me and the kids. But most of the the pictures, I'll probably never see again. But then there's that time where I'm cleaning out the phone or I'm doing whatever, and I'm like, oh man, it had. I like Facebook for the memory thing, you know, because I'll see my my kids pop up during times that were special. And as much as I can say it's in here, well, it doesn't get triggered until I see it, and then that seeing it. Sparks that part of the brain brings brings me back to that moment. There's a nostalgia to it. Has it become a sickness? Absolutely. But yeah. I'll, I'll be damned if I'm you know I've never fished with my kids. You know what I mean? Go I, fishing and don't and don't take the uh, and don't take the phone. Just poles, the bait, and the fishing the and the boat. Just no phone, and see how you feel. Me, I, fishing's the wrong thing for me. That's that's not. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's not the. I'm not a fishing guy, but uh, go water ski, go tubing, rent a boat, well, go tubing. We and leave and leave the phone at the cabin. We went kayaking and uh and they were asking me to take pictures and I I'm no I left the camera, I left I left the camera for that. And how did it feel? Did it feel freeing? I wish I could have taken a picture of them <laughs> when they wanted the picture. You know, yeah. you you know where the phone gets turned off is when I meditate. If if I'm going into a, a it's not a Dharma meeting, yeah. it's not refuge anymore. It's Dharma, yeah, but yeah, yeah. when I'm going in there, that phone's non-existent. I, I don't, you know, I'll I'll do what I do before I get in there, but that's my unplug time. Yeah, I've been ditching the phone a lot. I need to ditch it from my bedroom. That's that's what I need, and I I don't know how many studies I have to read because I know it's true. Like the worst thing you can do is roll over and grab your phone in the morning. Yeah, and my habit is to go. So I I have everything connected right there. The I don't need to see what the company did the night before. You know what I mean? I I don't need to go into our bank account and look at that shit. It's all these images are shaping the reality that we live in. Right. And uh, well, chicken or the egg. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or are we shaping this reality? It's it it's. I, uh, I don't think some people know how to switch their reality. Most I don't. I don't. I, I, I don't think a lot of people know. All right, this is where I'm at, and I want to. I'm, I'm I'm at point A, and over here is point B. I'm dreaming about point B. That's a reality that I think I would enjoy, right? And I'm not attaching it to material. I'm attaching it to freedom. I'm attaching it to maybe having some systems be removed, losing some programming that no longer serves me. And. Only you can do that for yourself. And when you do it, and you know this, the more you do it, the more alienated, at first anyway, you start to feel alienation, loneliness, because you don't fit in. 
and we were taught to fit in as kids. We wanted to fit in so bad it hurt. Yeah. So that I, I know when I started to unplug, I'm still very much part of it, but it, it's different now than it ever was. It's different. And I don't really care what people think. To the point to I, – I just – so I'm unplugged, but I'm still plugged in as a human being. I'm still part of this system. I contemplate what it might be like to to roll out into the woods and and set up shop and hunt off grid. Yeah, just off completely grid. off grid. I, I I think about it a lot. Have you ever been hunting? I don't hunt. No, that's Go why I'm not, I'm not a fisher either. <clears throat> so it's funny now because some of the old timers that I go hunting with actually take their phone out into the field with them, and it's a little. It's interesting because. When I first started hunting, I wasn't a very good hunter, and I would fall asleep out there. But I loved being out there, you know, just it's like 2,200 acres of farmland, and, you know, it, it was just you just sit your chair down like early doe season in September, and uh, you're just there. There is no phone. I'm there with my thoughts, and the longer that I'm sitting there, the more I'm detaching from my current reality. And I'm just starting to now look at the trees and I'm I'm looking at the bugs that are flying around and I'm looking at the birds and I'm kind of waiting for deer, but I'm looking at the sun. I'm noticing the smells of the, you know, it's a soybean field or winter wheat or uh, corn. And I'm noticing all these things. And I'm detaching from this reality that I'm like, oh, fuck, fucking holding on to, you know, and I'm becoming more free. And I'm losing, like, where's my phone? I need to check it. I, I, someone might have called me my email. I'm losing that. I, the, the sense of urgency to check that stuff doesn't exist when I don't have my phone out in the woods. It'll be there when I get back to the phone. So are you attaching to the woods then? Because this is still part of the illusory reality yeah, that we're speaking of. But I would rather have my reality be attached to living things than computers and phones and shit, you know? It depends on how you're connecting. You know, whether or not you're actually connecting it, because there is a nature. There's so much to be said about disappearing into nature. But I think that I think what nature what nature does for me. You know, when, when I'm with my kids, it's different because I have to be dad and interact and we're creating memories and we're still very much part of this, right. this matrix in a more healthy way. But so when I when the kids laid down for bed. When we were camping, I was out there by myself and looking at stars like I haven't seen in probably years. Just in that right there, that that's my thing. You don't need a phone for that. You go out there and you just disappear. But it takes me to a, into a state of being transcendental. And that's so – so I'm even detached further from from the matrix, I guess. When I look up, I start to go someplace. And it doesn't last for long because 
I'm programmed to pull myself right back into this reality because it's scary. You know, when you in the tank, I don't know if you've ever had this happen happen to you, but when the senses start to go, like sometimes I'll get like that and I'll be like, damn, I was just there. I was starting to slip out of the and now all of a sudden I'm back in this tank again and I can feel my senses. I could go in the tank for a while. Not necessarily like so meditation, let's say at the Dharma, there was a few times where like like I was in the tank for half the meditation. And there was no There's no nothing. No nothing, just no nothing yeah. and just gone. That's the that spot. That's the rea- that's the reality. For me True. for me it's easier to get there when I'm sitting in the woods. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I think that makes sense. It, when I'm looking at the stars, for me, it's easier for me to get there if if I'm having if I'm having a bad moment and it's nighttime. I know all I got to do is go out and look up, look up, and it's instant. And then I'm someplace else. I walk back into the same house, but I don't have the same emotions anymore. And it's it's about that real connection to the thing that is real. So we we talk about. Reality being illusory. When you get to that state of transcendentalism, and again, it can be through psychedelics. People have these experiences where you feel this oneness and you know that that's the only truth there is. When you get to that place, it can't be denied anymore. For for you to deny that that, that, that is the truth, you really have to blind yourself. It's, it's slip into a state of addiction to the phone to alcohol, to whatever the case is, I think a lot to where people, you don't have to know that you're lacking that. I think besides the basic reasons for addiction and alcoholism, I think a lot of it is based on that our spiritual being doesn't really like the reality of the third dimensional reality. It's lack of connection to the truth. Right. So you get like, these instant gratification moments. So all this social economic warfare structure, let me just drink my way out of it. Right, right. You know, let me just numb myself and just blot it out because they, I don't think they've learned how to maneuver. Took me a minute. Took me a minute to learn. I'll tell you, being on felony probation. I learned how to work the system. I did not know I had someone show me because I was like, I, I just was like, this is some bull shit. And actually it was my first sponsor was like, dude, you need, you need to back up off some stuff here. Cause you're like taking it and you're grinding it up here. Like give them what they want and know that it's not real got to play that game so you got to play the yeah. game oh here's here's my $260 you know here's 130 for my tether and here's my sign in sheet for my community service I was you play that game because that's the reality that I stuck myself into but the thing was there's just so many trap doors in today's society to keep you from really being free to getting to that reality where I'm less programmed, that I'm thinking freer, I'm not being influenced by the television or social media, I'm detaching from this stuff, 
I'm making choices based on my own spiritual condition. Well, then that's the way you detach from those things, from the conditioning. And this is where 12-step, where they got it right, man, is gratitude, acceptance. It's, It's in these things where, you know, because you're conditioned to believe that you have less, so you need to go buy more, right? That's the society we live in. You want what the next person has, and if you don't have it, you're less than. So this this conditioning exists. To say that it doesn't, that's ridiculous because there's some people, they'll, they'll get all spiritual, then all of a sudden they think you – But it's promoted everywhere. Well, and that's the, that's Consumerism. the whole point. Consumerism is promoted everywhere. So when you learn – so when you were talking about being in the system, I, I got a drunk driving, right? And, and I had to go through that whole thing, and it was later in life. So – and I, I was pretty well established in my head. And it's easy to look at the system and, and point out its numerous flaws, right? But when when you get to a different level of consciousness, you find a way to be grateful for the circumstances because no matter how how much bullshit you think it is, there's a lesson in there for you. And to rise above that, that's where that next level shit is. That's where you detach. That's where you're Victor Frankl sitting in a concentration camp and all you have to do is picture your wife and next thing you know, you're creating logotherapy because you just so happened to live through that. They weren't able to encapsulate your spirit. That's that next level shit. And that's how I try to view everything now because I understand that this is illusory. I understand that it's all frequency. You know, and I... Michio Kaku, he's a theoretical physicist, he explained frequency best. So, because I can't really, it's hard to wrap your brain around, okay, so there's another me vibrate, because really, when you get down to the the core of what a subatomic part, it's energy, quanta, it's energy fluctuations in this infinite space, that's all it is. There is no solid, the, the poly... The Pauli exclusion principle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you familiar? So we're not even sitting on these chairs. We're we're. Rotten. I know. I know. We're risen know, a nanometer above. So when I you know. start to think about those things, and then you start to think about frequency, then you go back into yourself and say, "Well, what level of frequency am I vibrating at?" No wonder the world around me sucks because I'm complaining about everything all the fucking time. That that's why I'm I'm part of the goddamn reason that everything is shitty because I believe it's shitty, and it's hard. When life throws curveballs at you and to get out of that victim mindset and say, look, I'm controlling this. I have to take respect. Even when you're victimized, once once you're out of the point of victimization to rise above that, there's a lesson there. There's something in there that's beautiful. Explain that to a person that's dying of cancer, right? It's hard, you know, but I know that if I were to fall to it tomorrow, I would find a lesson in it, even if that meant I'd died the next day because i'm not attached to the outcome that well i should be here i've learned to detach from that because this is illusory but the experiences are very real and i think very important to where we go next whatever that is yeah so to change my frequency you know when I understand the game and the system and how it works and that there's a system in almost everything, you know, for me to not participate 
in it. On the system's terms. Raises my vibration alone. Right. You said um, gratitude. Um, yesterday in uh, in the group, I was I, I told the dudes, I was like, you want to change your reality. You know, there was one of them was talking about, actually it was the cat that I uh, went down to the courthouse for. He was uh, doing random acts of kindness, but he had an expectation. That's yeah, So he it. hadn't learned. He hadn't learned, but I, I was teaching him. I'm like, you open the door for someone and they don't say thank you. You know, he's like, man, that's some bullshit. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, and, <laughs> and I was like, well, don't do it expecting anything. Do it because I'm pushing forward. Because I'm doing random acts of kindness, I'm moving things forward energetically. Right. And I'm sowing something. What I'm sowing ain't no one's business but me and my God. And, you know, because he, he was like, man, I said good morning to this guy walking down the street. He just looked at me funny. And then I wanted to, like, <laughs> I'm like, you know, been there. Yeah, no, and I'm like, don't worry about that because I was like, your random act of kindness might have caught him so far off guard, but you don't know what it's going to do for that man later on in the day. And it, it may matter. change his day. The the ripple effect, right? You know, just keep putting that goodness keep, out there. Just keep putting it out there, non-stop. Don't ever stop. And. And by doing that, because I, I can't talk about like changing frequencies and stuff in the morning. I, I tried a few times. It, it, it gets a real interesting conversation. Some dudes get lost in it. But, you know, that alone built in with your gratitude lists and you seeking whatever higher power concept you got is going to raise your frequency. And I always think somehow, some way, the more I raise my frequency – the less the illusion of the reality I can separate myself from it. And you can. You can because you're at a different frequency. I, and Michu Kaku, and, and that's what I got lost on, but Michu Kaku, because I'm trying to, in my physical mind, this is years ago, before I really started delving into quantum physics, I'm really trying to, picture how could there be a me right here in this same space i still think in terms of physical right? right and michio kaku said he said so think of frequency like this so you're you're driving in crowded downtown traffic and you're listening to a radio station you're in there jamming out whatever's coming through that speaker at that moment that's very real to you your experience in that in real time now you look at the person in the car next to you they're on a complete. They're they're listening to Bach. They're doing something completely different. You're on you're on JLB and yeah. you know so so. But you're vibing out. That's real to them. That experience. This experience real to you. Now at at simultaneously, every radio station in the city is passing through my body or th those waves. Right, right. And until I tune in to that frequency, that experience is not real to me. And when I start and when you think of us as energy, and that is what we are, now it starts to make sense. Frequency is predetermined for us in a lot of ways. We come into this world, we're taught, we're given that name, 
We're given, we're given this ethnicity. We're given this country. We're given all these things and taught at a very young age when we're impressionable and being programmed. This is what it is. And it's, that's the beauty of trauma is that it rattles you to make you question these things. That's right. why it, as long as addiction brings you to that point, God, thank you. Thank you for that. The Buddhists say, be grateful for your pain. Took me forever to actually understand that and, and feel it at a visceral level. But when I got that drunk driving, I woke up in jail. I did, you know, I was on one of my uh, PTSD induced benders, woke up in jail, realized I was in jail. And I looked up immediately and I said, thank you. Didn't know who I was talking to, but I was grateful because I knew something good was going to come of it. I knew it was. And it did. I had to learn that. My traumas don't define me. My experiences that I've incurred through this lifetime don't define me. Nothing defines you except you. But for a long time, I allowed my experience yeah. through yeah. life to mold a character that might have not even been really all that real. Right. I just I held on to the trauma and uh, all this stuff. Became your story. And be, yeah, I, I was my story. Right. And so when I let my story go, you lost the I am. Right. The real the real deal, the right. real you. So now it is just the I am that I am and nothing more. Mhm. Except for sometimes it's not. Well, I can't I can't have I am on my paycheck, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wish I could, yeah. you know, just direct deposit that, please, you know. But isn't that the beauty of this experience is, you know, I I I like Nirvana, the idea of Nirvana. That sounds but I like this experience too. I like the human experience. I and I think that it's it's our goal here to find a way to make that higher self and lower self work in tandem. That's where, you know, social media, going back to that, that's where it can be so extremely powerful. If you, if people, but you know, for the most part, we're stuck in the matrix. If, if I had, if I had a part of Facebook that just said high vibrational only, <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like that's, <laughs> that's the thing. It, and you know what? It does that because when I started years ago, posting shit that inspired me, a lot of my friends from the old neighborhood, they weren't having that shit. And that was good. It. Yeah. That So it started, people started falling off. Oh, he's on that spiritual shit. Oh, that dumb shit. That's fake. That's sanctimonious. That blah, blah, blah. And those were the people that I didn't need in my life. Right. They didn't need to be there any longer. So it, it's, social media has been very powerful for me because it let me establish in a public forum, this is who I am today. It also, before I got to where I am now, also allowed me to say some stupid shit in a very public forum and look like an asshole. But that was good because I was able to learn from it. I think it's powerful because here, here's the thing. I think I was searching at a very young age for these things we talk about, but in my neighborhood, nobody was talking about this shit. And we had books and we had school and we were confined to the school that we went to and the ideas there. I couldn't reach out. You know, I, I couldn't search through a library and find the shit that we're talking about. It just wasn't presented to us. People didn't no, know. None of this was presented to me. Tell you the truth. None of this stuff was ever presented to me. Really? Until I met Terrence McKenna. You know, and then like, you know, it's like you run into a group of people that start talking about books that are thinking about the way you're wanting to think like, 
you know, it's like you have powerful. Like you have like thirty Morpheuses around, yeah. like unplugging you, unplugging you, unplugging you from a matrix. Yeah, like a <laughs> matrix, matrix that I've man. been living in, and I was like, whoa, and you know how you know I I will say like a lot of you know psychedelics help me detach from that ego driven reality that I had created which was based on not bullshit but fear and beliefs that were like more handed down to me rather than me defining them myself true some of my experiences define some of my beliefs on my own but i was able to unravel a lot of stuff out there and i was able to learn a lot um that i didn't know and i was picking it up at like you know it's funny because you live in colorado for five six years and then i came back to detroit and ain't, ain't no one thinking like that you know, I mean, out there, you know, I talked to different clinicians and stuff out and out on the West. And, you know, a lot of them use uh, microdosing instead of like antidepressants and all this other bullshit. You know, it's real. They, man. The way to heal the brain is, you know, I. I had big pharma is nothing more than a system that's trying to control me. So, you know, I have to look to what we were doing 500 years ago. Well, they had years ago. They had it right. And now, now the beautiful thing. Okay. We've science, science in the 1600s, it, it split. Now there's church. Now there's science. Now there's, there, there's these, factions these power structures and and it pulled us out of the possibility that we are all one it's coming back now and i think that's a beautiful thing and i think technology plays a huge part in that there's yin and yang to everything yeah there's going to be negative content but i think if we can get this right i think there's a real opportunity to use these what are we doing right now right right you know what raising consciousness and and if there's more of and you see these things popping up more and more and you see 20 year old kids that are artists talking about higher levels of consciousness it's shit's changing there's also negative you know what i mean there's no getting around it but i think it's good that we can see it and we can deal with it and the hope is that people take it and they use it for the right reasons not the wrong reasons but we're human that's the human condition right so i exactly i think we're uh we're getting to the end here um you got anything to say in closing? Man, it was a real good. I wanted to, this was a good topic. Yeah. You know, we bring it heavy a lot. And uh, you said it and I was like, okay, let's, you know, let's do it was, that. It was, good to, it was good to bring up. You can go a lot of different directions in this, but. Uh, so many. You know, keep searching for your path. You know, take the take the road less traveled. Get out of the matrix. Yeah. Get out of the matrix. It's the human condition.